We'll begin reading in verse number 12, Romans chapter 8, verse number 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. I want you to notice verse 14, it hinges to the message. It is not the specific message today, but I'm not going to jump over it either. Please look at verse 14 carefully. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay, so, so let, me, let me stop for one minute. I, I got to ask you a question. Are you led by the Spirit of God? Or are you led by the flesh? Now, if I said it, I, I say it as often as I talk about the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, I say this. We also have a sin nature. I thought about this morning. Y'all know I'm visual. On the way up, I thought, I, you know, I always say you have a sin nature as big as Dallas. You've got a sin nature as big as Dallas crammed inside of you, and it leaks. Here's where it most often comes out, right? Uh, it, you know, not necessarily profanity, God forbid, but, but just prideful statements, uh, critical of others, gossip, but that sin nature will leak out. I'm not denying the fact that we have a sin nature and it's alive and well. What I am asking you is, are you led by the Spirit of God? And I'll be straight up honest with you, only you know that. I would like to think my family believes Dad is led by the Spirit of God, but the truth of the matter is, they don't know. And you're going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're going to have a hard time finding Scripture that tells me if they know if I'm led by the Spirit of God, okay? And I know that's a bold statement, but let me, understand, let me explain something. There are many deceivers gone out into the world. What do deceivers do? Deceive. Here's what Jude said. He said, false teachers will come into your congregation. And he said, they will blend in so well that you won't have a clue that they're, that they're false teachers. You have to watch their tracks. You have to listen to them. You, you, he said, it will take a while for them to reveal themselves. So hopefully, after all the years they've known me, that all the evidence points to the fact that I'm spirit-filled. But, but I'm just telling you... You're the one who's going to answer the question, am I led by the Spirit? Because you can pretend to be and you can imitate others who are, okay, for a very long time. Now, I will tell you one thing, that'll wear you out. The old-timers didn't call it acting. The old-timers had a phrase, play-acting. Right? You've heard, you've heard your grandma talk about play actors. Brother Sammy Allen used to say this. He'd say, that play acting gets hard after a while. And they'll wear out, they'll get weary, and their real self will show. I'm asking you, and I took way more than a minute, didn't I? Okay? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you are not led by the Spirit of God, He is not leading your life, you have no assurance whatsoever of your salvation. That's, a, that's Bible truth. 
That is Bible truth. Brother Ange, does that mean a saved person won't stray? No, that's not what that means. That means if a, stray, if a saved person strays, that, that there's going to be chastisement, Hebrews chapter 12. And there is also going to be someone inside of you. If you're following the flesh, there's going to be someone, that, that other side of you, that spirit is going to be very grieved. You follow me? Okay, it's serious business, church. Verse number 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Let me illustrate it one more way. There ought to be something inside of you that is crying out, Papa, to your heavenly Father. So, oh, Brother Ains, I can never relate to that. I had such a horrible relationship with my earthly father. Half of the people or more in this room did. I know that because statistically it's true. I also know that because that many of you have told me what it was like. Can I ask you to do something? And this is going to be one of my points, so I'm messing up a good point because I want to help somebody. I'd rather help somebody than preach pretty points. Don't let a messed up earthly father keep you from enjoying the great one you've got. But everybody in here has heard somebody testify. If you hadn't heard anybody, you've heard Brother Finney say it. His earthly father was a broken mess, abusive, horrible, drunk, the whole nine yards. And, and God sent another man into his life who pointed him to Jesus. And, and that ba- if you've had a bad one, that ought to make the good one that much better. Are y'all with me? Okay, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness that that our spirit, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. I want to go back to what I said earlier because several of you looked at me a little startled when I said my, my family doesn't know if I'm led by the Spirit of God. I hope I've got a testimony with my family. I hope after 12 years I've got a testimony with you that I am led by the Spirit of God. But let's be real clear for a minute. We've all had seen somebody in leadership. Most of us have followed somebody in leadership that we thought was following the Spirit of God only to find out they were a fraud. Boy, that'll crush your spirit. Pray that it doesn't happen to your children. Amen. This is serious business. Okay, and, and I, want to re- I want to support that statement. I'm not trying to win an argument. I want to support that statement with this verse. The Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm the child of God. I'm not her judge. God is. I'm not your judge. God is. But he did ask me to tell you the whole counsel of God. All right, that you could be a workman not ashamed. Amen. Let's go. And if children then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Everything that Jesus has, I get in on it. Join heirs with Christ. Uh, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon, if you're glad Paul said reckon, and, and when they translated it to English, I know he didn't speak English. Okay, are you glad they translated that reckon? I am thrilled, okay? I said it where I went to school one day, and the whole class went, where are you from? I said, I happen to be at home. Where are you from? <laughs> You are the stranger in a foreign land. This is how we talk down here. If you need a translator, we'll hire you one, okay? And charge you double for for invading without a visa and a passport. Say amen right there. Now, all that spiritual stuff I said, and y'all just went. 
And then I go off on that, and y'all start getting with me. Come on, Rev. Yeah, come on, Rev. Y'all are as carnal as billy goats. Y'all are, for I reckon. If y'all got more excited about reckon than you did the Holy Spirit bearing witness, you need to be back in this altar. You didn't stay long enough. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in me. How many of you are suffering right now? And I'm also missing up another point of the message. How many of you are suffering right now? Say amen. That was a whole bunch of you. It is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Every one of you should have been on your feet right there. Amen. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I've got three spirits in this text, and then uh, we'll take a short break. Verse number 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Here's what I want to say about the spirit of bondage. And if you're here lost today, listen to the preacher. You are in bondage. You might be good. You might be moral. You might be upright in the eyes of the society that we live in. You might be a North Carolina good old boy. You might be a southern belle with all kinds of manners. If you are lost, you are in bondage. You were in bondage. You say, oh, I thought it was the drunks and the harlots and the dope addicts that were in bondage. No, 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 no. You can be sitting on a church pew in bondage. You are more likely to get set free from the bondage of dope and drugs and harlotry than you are from the bondage of religion. Religion binds. We get self-righteous. We think we're better than everybody else. And we don't see ourselves as lost. And it is harder to get those people saved than it is those whose lives are an absolute wreck. So what I want to say to you about the spirit of bondage, if you're saved, recognize and remember the bondage of sin. Let me tell you what will burden your heart and open your eyes to sinners is to remember where you were. And let me say this to the the young people in the second and third generation believers, I'll I'll, I'll say you're safe, that are in this room today. You, you, You came to church nine months before you were born. Let me say to you, don't sit there for one minute and go, I wasn't. In bondage, and I, I think you know better than to say that, even if the thought crosses your mind. If you're not set free from that, you were kept from that. And you can recognize and the evil of that spirit of bondage. And, and as if you were a six-year-old sinner who recognized your need of a Savior you can be aware of the fact that you could have been bound by the chains of sin that held your aunt and uncle and grandma and grandpa. The truth of the matter is a child born into the best Christian home that's ever been is born in bondage. They came from the womb speaking lies. They came from the womb needing a Savior But I am not belittling the fact that they didn't get out there and encounter sin. And and, and they're not not haunted by horrible memories of things that they did. That should not... You are listening to the wrong person. You're listening to your sin nature. And you're listening to wicked friends. 
and you're listening to our enemy, he's not, okay, I'm pointing there because he's the prince of the power of the air. He's not in heaven, okay? And I, I, I understand all about him appearing before God and all that. I'm not giving him any glory by pointing up, okay? You're listening to the enemy. If you think you missed out on something, you're listening to the wrong people, A, starting with yourself, B, listening to the wrong friends, and see the enemy of your soul who wants to destroy you. I've used it here recently. I'm going to use it again. We were about this a year ago this month. We were at a meeting in Maryville, Tennessee. I preached. Brother Terry Norris preached uh, either before or after me. He said, "I'm in a church that 35 years ago had an entire generation get born again. Uh, most of them from out in the world." He said they were raised in the world. They were good, hardworking, decent people, but, but they, were world, they were in the world. He said, and they, they, all, they were looking in, inside to the to church, the things of God, saying, what is all that? What, what do they have that I don't have? He said, a man of God preached to them. They, they found what they had that they didn't have. They met Jesus, and they got in hook, line, and sinker. And my wife was with me, and he said this, Seth. He said, I now pastor a generation that is in here, and this is all they've ever known. And they're looking out those windows going, what's out there? There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. There's nothing out there for you. Malik, there's nothing out there for you. Caleb's there's nothing out there's nothing out there there's nothing out there there's nothing out there for you you don't have to go experience it to realize there's nothing out there for you a thousand times no and and uh, boy I could I could there's a thousand directions I could go from here I want I want to say to the rest of us okay put yourself in whichever category you want to they ought to see so much real in us that they don't want what's out there. My home church was not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect church. It was not perfect by a long shot. But let me tell you something. God was there and those people loved Jesus. And Brother Fred, I can say this in 100% sincerity and all the glory goes to him, none to me. Brother Don, I'm, I'm being as honest as I know how to be before God and these assembled witnesses. That world never attracted me. What I saw in here was so real. The ones I saw walk away from this and where their lives ended up. And thirdly, my family, I say it with no disrespect, I have family that watch, my family that, that didn't want the ways of God when I saw where their lives ended up. Brother PJ, I said, why would I walk away from this? If you think I'm bragging on me, you're totally misunderstanding me. To whom shall we go? You, Jesus, have the words of eternal life. When you've got cousins your age whose lives are in shambles because of sinful choices, Miss Jessica, thank you for your burden. When you've got family that are making those, and you're, you're just blessed and blessed again and blessed exponentially. I ain't smart, but I wasn't born yesterday, and I said, I'll just stay with this. Yeah, I got a sin nature. Yes, my sin nature was, was alive and well. But boy, that new man, Ethan, who moved in that day I got born again, that new man was going, this is far better. So the spirit of bondage, 
If you're under the spirit of bondage, can I ask you to come to Jesus today and get set free? If you've already been delivered, could you just take a moment and remember what it was like to be bound by sin and just thank God for it in a song, in an uplifted hand, in a testimony, in a shout of praise? Can you just thank God you're not in bondage anymore? And then if you were saved in that, that children and early youth stage of life and, and you, yes, you know you were lost, but no, you don't have the vivid memories of, of that wickedness. Don't let the devil tempt you with that. Say, thank you, God, I don't have those memories. The spirit of bondage. Look at verse number 15 again. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. Ye have received... The spirit of adoption. I think I'll be brief here. It really fits in with what I've already been saying. I said earlier, recognize and remember the bondage of sin. Here, receive and respond to the spirit of adoption. Now, I don't mean this is going to sound abrupt. Help me, Mike. This is going to sound abrupt and rude, and I don't mean to be. Quit acting like an orphan. Christians everywhere act like orphans. Well, I didn't know what to do, so I just did the best thing I could come up with. Did you ask your father? Oh, Brother Reigns, I didn't know that's where you was going when you said quit acting like an orphan. I thought you was going to preach, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, and I could ask him for a new Tahoe. If you need a Tahoe, ask him for one. I don't care. Well, here's, how, here's people that I know who live fatherless. Miss Kim, they just go and do their own thing and never consult their dad. Brother Reigns, you just called God Dad? He told me to call him Papa. Miss Bonnie, he's that real to me. Brother Billy, nothing. Please don't think, oh, I can't talk to the preacher about that. Yes, you can. Nothing surprises me any more than when somebody says, preacher, I did this and I'm reaping the consequences because I didn't pray about it. I want to go. You didn't pray about it. Brother Stead, I went, through a, I went through a stage in my life. Somebody had preached to me, and I got real concerned about not praying about everything and everything by prayer and supplication. If I didn't, I'd pray, and then I'd pray again, and then I'd pray again, and I was the kid who wouldn't jump off the diving board, okay? And, 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 and Dad was like, did you already? I said, I need to pray some more. Dad would go, did you already pray? Yeah. He'd say, how many times you got to ask him? I, somebody rear-ended my, y'all, this is a sad story. Everybody get your, your tissue boxes, okay? Somebody rear-ended me in my 66 Mustang when I was 19. And I, I've, I've always regretted not, not getting it back. They totaled it. And I've often regretted not buying it back from the salvage company and doing that. I, 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 honey, I, I'm, when I turn 60, I may have a midlife. That ain't midlife, is it? That's way be uh, Which life? He said I was going to have a late life crisis. <laughs> Billy, if you'll lead singing in the second service, okay? <laughs> Matthew's looking for a job. So somebody rear-ended me, and I got a decent, decent, not, not, not a little, little check. And I, with Dad and I had worked on that thing for a year and a half and just about had it where it's supposed to be. Oh, I'm, I'm so upset right now. I, just, I wish I hadn't brought this up. And... Uh, so I said, I don't want an old one that we got to work on. So uh, this was 19, 
82, and so I found a 78 Cutlass Supreme. I also had my eye on a pretty girl from Chattanooga. And Jean, I didn't know if she cared, uh, if she liked old cars. If I'd have known you better, I'd have known she would have really been impressed with my 66 Mustang. But all I saw at Pleasant Hill was those Cadillacs and Lincolns. And I said, I need an impressive car if I'm going to catch her eye. So I bought a really nice Cutlass Supreme white with red Landau top. Now, that was cool back in the day. Ethan, quit shaking your head. It was cool in the day. It was cool in the day. It was cool. Thank you, Don. I'm preaching. I really am, okay? And, and I, so I got my little check, and I, I'm, I, I believe I tithed off of it. I hope I did. <laughs> I tithed off everything. And um, we went and looked at a cutlass, and I drove it. I liked it. It had good records and all that. And... Um, and Dad said, you want it? I said, I think I need to pray some more. He said, son, we prayed this morning before we left and asked the Lord to guide our steps. He said, you can afford it. Uh, he told me all the reasons. He said, how many times are you going to pray? He wasn't belittling prayer. But he was saying, when you pray and God opens the door, pull the trigger. I had that problem once when I was hunting. But not again. Now I pull the trigger. Come on. Some of y'all need to learn to pull the trigger. Some of you need to learn to pray. So you figure out which side you're on, and if you need to pray, spend some more time praying. If you've prayed and God said, you, I, you know, I, I heard a preacher say this, and you can, I can't prove it, but when Moses and them were at the, at the Red Sea, Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God said, y'all better get to moving. Read it, read it. It's in the text. God said, go. And Moses said, stand still. And I, I, you, you can read it a couple different ways. But I did hear a message where he said, sometimes we want to stand still. And God says, get going. Okay? So the spirit of adoption, quit acting like an orphan. Y'all follow me? Okay? Real quick, real quick. 17 and 18. 17 and 18. And if children, then heirs... And join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. Who are we suffering with? Now, I'm not gonna, I don't want you to answer out loud right here because you might think of something I'm not thinking. If I asked you, when did Christ suffer the most? Some would say at Calvary. Right? Was that suffering? Yes. Right? C- certainly. We've heard messages, sometimes seen visual things, okay, uh, uh, illustrating what happened on Calvary. It was horrible. I believe with all my heart, Brother Billy, the greater suffering for Christ was the 33 and a half years that led up to Calvary. Wrapped in a body of flesh, cloaking his God nature. Illustrate it illustrate it he healed many there were some towns he couldn't do many miracles in so here's God in a town with people all around him needing help and their unbelief because he has chosen to limit himself with humanity right took upon him the likeness of man he couldn't sin he didn't have a sin nature he he was sinless 
He didn't have a sin nature, but he clothed himself in humanity, cloaked that divinity. And there's people who need him, and he's able to help them, and they are limiting him with their unbelief. Is there anybody you've wanted to help and could have helped, and they wouldn't let you? Does anything hurt worse? Can I, I hadn't used y'all in a while. Y'all's, per, y'all's physical battles a, a year and a half ago were horrible. I've, I see it in your face. Your burden for your brother, your burden for your brother and your nieces is heavier on y'all. She, she whispered just now, preacher, it's much heavier. You follow me? Wanting to help somebody, knowing how to help somebody, knowing what they need and them not responding to you is suffering. Oh, a kidney stone, a, 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 a heart out of rhythm. Miss Kim doesn't compare to that burden of somebody you're afraid is going to die and go to hell. Are y'all with me? I know you are. Look at verse number 17b. If so be that we say it, suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Who lives inside of you? God in the person of the Holy Spirit. Sinless. Perfect. Holy. Wrapped in flesh. If you're born again, that bothers you. It bothered Paul in Romans chapter 7. What's wrong with me? Why do I do the things I don't want to do? Why don't I do the things I want to do? You know what you're struggling with? A God nature wrapped in a sin nature. Flesh. That's a struggle. That is suffering. But the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be hereafter. If you're struggling with that, and I know I'm preaching to people who are, A, tap in to the help that comes. Say it with me. Greater is he that is in you than he, leave me in you, in you, than he that is in the world. What's inside of me is greater than this sin nature. Okay? So, so tap into that. B, realize that the glory there is going to a million times more surpass the suffering that we encountered here. Three, thank God for the suffering. I'm glad there is a battle inside of me. Because if I was lost, there wouldn't be. I'd be doing what the sin nature wants to do. Now I've got a sin nature in there and I've got a God nature in there going, uh-uh, uh-uh. When somebody comes to me, brother, and says, I'm struggling, I go, I've had, I've had them look at, go, they said, preacher, this battle is worse than it's ever been. Jessica, I go, hallelujah. And they go, preacher, I need help. I'm down. This is the hardest it's ever been. I go, thank you, Jesus. And they said, why are you saying that? I said, that's a wonderful thing. And they go, it is? It don't feel wonderful. I said, no, it is. You're just listening to the wrong side. Feed the right one. 